Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. McKinsey & Company could be described as the world's most preeminent consulting firm. It's a recognizable name, but it largely avoids the spotlight. And unlike many other industries, for example, banks and accounting firms, it has little oversight or public accountability. A recent investigation by The New York Times examined many of the companies and countries McKinsey has worked with, for example, helping the makers of opioids turbocharge sales or providing consulting work with a Chinese company whose work has led to rising tensions with the U.S. military. Well, joining me are two of the investigative reporters for the series, Walt Bogdanich and Mike Forsyth. Welcome to Money Talking. Thank you. Good to be here. So, Walt, the company has a reputation for secrecy, both in terms of the clients it works with and the advice it gives. How difficult was it to report this story? Well, it was a black box, and I think that's one of the things that attracted us to it. Because of its power and its lack of accountability, we're curious people. We're reporters. And so we set out to try and do what we thought initially was the impossible, to get people to talk to us, because most of them signed NDAs and they're instructed not to speak to the media. So we found, you know, different ways to reach folks through encrypted communications and eventually managed to talk to how many now, Mike? Uh, Three dozen? More than three. I think we're up to about 45, 46 now. So, Mike, who were some of the clients that you learned about and what is the kind of work that McKinsey has done? One area that I looked at was China. And China's a funny place. Actually, a lot of companies in China that bring in McKinsey like to brag about it. It's a little different from the rest of the world where there's an expectation that uh, that relationship is confidential. You're not supposed to tell the world that McKinsey's working for you, and we're not going to tell them either. But in China, they like to brag, but they brag in Chinese. So we did a lot of internet searches and looking around, and we were eventually put together a client base. We found that among the, the 100 biggest state-owned companies in China, 22 of them were current or past, um, you know, had taken on McKinsey, uh, and McKinsey had helped them. And what were some of the details that you learned about the kind of work that the company's done? We learned all sorts of things. Uh, You know, one thing is they did work for one of the most controversial state-owned enterprises in China, China Communications Construction Company. These guys are getting into corruption scandals around the world, and so we uh, found that they were giving them advice. Uh, These are the guys that also build the artificial islands in the South China Sea Mm -hmm. that are causing so much tensions with the United States. We found that uh, in Malaysia, they were working with the Malaysian government to get them to build this railroad that was going to be financed by the Chinese, and it turned out that China Communications Construction was going to be the builder of that railroad. That was canceled by the current prime minister because it was involved with a very big corruption scandal and was very overpriced. And McKinsey's involved in a lot of things that I think most people had no idea they were doing, including probably some of their fellow consulting companies. I mean, they're involved in military issues advising on the maintenance of submarines and and, uh, destroyers and other uh, military equipment. It's not what you think of when you think of McKinsey as as a young student getting out of Harvard that one day I might be advising somebody's uh, defense ministry on uh, weapons of war. But they are so broad and so anxious to keep making money and expanding their empire that they will take on clients like that. Well, in your reporting, you say that McKinsey defends its work around the world, saying that it won't accept jobs that are at odds with its values. What are those values, and did you find that to be the case? Well, I don't know what their values are. Their values seem, I mean, not to be flip about it, but to make a lot of money. And it's capitalism, and they're free to take money and take clients as they choose. But then they also have a responsibility to answer for that and to take the heat if it is. So if they're working for Mohammed bin Salman, 
in uh, Saudi Arabia? In Saudi Arabia, then, then they should explain that, and they don't. When they were working for some of the less respectful powers in Ukraine and in Russia, they chose not to explain why and how and what they were doing. That's their right. We decided we wanted to dig and, and expose these sorts of things, and we did. Mike McKinsey has argued that in working in these countries that Walt was just talking about, many that have dismal human rights records or autocratic governments like Russia or China, Saudi Arabia, that they can actually help make change from the inside. Did you find that the work that they do supports that claim? No. It's a good rationale to go in. What eventually happens, though, is that these autocratic regimes start driving the bus and they wind up serving the autocratic regime, making it more efficient, making it more durable. So it's a nice thing to say, but put into practice, it's very difficult for one firm to change an autocratic regime for the better. It's usually the other way around. I mean, it feels like you're getting into this question of morality and companies. Can a company be moral? So, you know, we're adults. We understand that a lot of times there's gray areas. So you need to be tread a little lightly when you talk about morality. But I think in some cases with McKinsey and other consulting companies, the moral issues are pretty clear. When you're working with a company like Purdue Pharma, for example, and trying to turbocharge their opioid sales, trying to figure out how to counter the messages of mothers whose teenage sons and daughters have died, uh, you do need to take a step back and say, am I really doing the right thing? You know, when you're working with Yanukovych in the Ukraine, the president in Ukraine. The former president. That's right, the former president, who has a track record of being corrupt. You do need to take a step back. Uh, what we found is that across the world, maybe McKinsey needs to take a closer look at the reputational risk it might be bringing on board by taking on some of these clients. I don't doubt that the people who work for McKinsey have convinced themselves that they're doing good. I honestly believe that they believe that, just like the people who work, and not to draw too stark an example, who work for, say, you know, Philip Morris or the cigarette companies, they don't get up in the morning and think, well, I'm going to do something to kill a bunch of people. No, they think, you know, here's a product that people want. So I don't think these are evil people, and Mike agrees with me. It's just that they made some bad judgments and some bad decisions. So what has the company's response been to your reporting? Well, they don't like it, but they haven't found anything inaccurate in it. And we've had long conversations with their public relations person. And now they're saying that they need to show more judgment, more thought in picking clients, and they want to be more transparent. I have to say, so far, I haven't seen any of that. Many people may not know much about McKinsey or the work that it does. So at a really fundamental level, why does it matter that they do understand what the company has been doing? Because it affects their lives in many different ways. It affects their jobs. It affects taxes. It affects health care delivery. And people don't understand that. And as a result, I think there are many reasons for this, but it is fraying the middle class. And while McKinsey's not totally responsible for that, they have had a role in creating some of the problems we've read about and heard so much about lately. Walt Bogdanich is an investigative editor, and Mike Forsyth is an investigative reporter at The New York Times. Thank you both for joining. Thank you. Thanks. And I'm Charlie Herman. This is Money Talking from WNYC. 